Welcome back, friends, to our final week of Thinking Biblically. This is week number six. It's our final week in this Bible Lab series, and we're answering the question this week, how do we apply biblical thinking in our daily lives? Before we dive in, let's take a moment to pray together. Lord, thank you for your word, for its truth, for the way that we can apply it in our lives and honor you with our words and our actions. And Lord, we know that we do not get this right all the time, but we pray that you would help us and we pray that you would teach us to know how we might think in a way that's pleasing to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in our time together, we've answered all of these first five questions, and again today we're going to look at how do we apply this kind of thinking in our daily lives. And just as a point of reference, when we talk about the application of this principle, we really have to go back to the beginning of our series, where we talked about the reality that all biblical thinking is grounded in love. Perhaps another way to say it is love is the governor of biblical thinking. Or for our first principle of application, we may even write it this way. Love must lead. Love must lead. In the way that we act, in the way that we think, all of those things. And so we're going to look at a few passages that Paul gave us today, two in Corinthians, one in Philippians. And he really uh, begins in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, hammering in the reality of the importance of love. Look at what he says. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Nothing. And really that hammers home the point that love must govern all of our thinking. And it's wonderful that Paul gives us an example of what this looks like in Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, there's this problem in the Corinthian church where folks are eating meat that has been sacrificed to idols. And some of the folks are okay with this. They, they understand it. They, they realize that it has no effect on their spirituality. But there are others who have been raised in temples where there were idols that really struggle with people who would eat meat that has been sacrificed to idols. So look at what he says. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that, quote, all of us possess knowledge, end quote. This, quote unquote, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Now watch what he says in verse 2. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. What Paul is saying here is what is far more important than what we know is who we are known 
by. And what a principle to keep on the front of our minds as we think about how to think biblically. Whom we are known by is far more important than what we know. And really, that reality is, is so important that the focus is, is not on all of the great knowledge that we have, but the focus is on the one who has given us that knowledge, whom we are known by. Let's see what happens in this situation. Paul says, therefore, as the eating of food offered to idols, we know. So this is the knowledge that we know. We know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, lowercase g, lowercase l, yet for us there is one God. Here is what we know. There is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. That is what we know. But what Paul understands is that not everyone is here yet. Look at how he transitions here in verse 7. Another transitional word that he uses. However, not all possess this knowledge. So how are we to interact with those who do not possess this knowledge yet? But some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Paul comes to the conclusion, look, food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat and no better off if we do. So the question that is begged is what commends us to God? Is it winning an argument? Is it having and getting our way? Is it being right all the time? Is that what commends us to God? We got to put our foot down. We got to squeeze our fist and grab hold what he says in verse 9. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. See, what commends us to God in these situations is to consider our brothers and sisters who struggle. Look at how he concludes. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed. The brother for whom Christ died. Thus, sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Look at the conclusion he comes to. 
This is his conclusion for this section in 1 Corinthians 8. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. So another application of biblical thinking is, it's not just that love must lead, it's not just realizing that whom we are known by is far more important than what we know, but we can't apply this if we don't consider the needs or consider the thoughts of others above our own. So we're to consider others before ourselves. And there's a purpose for this, and it's really the final point of application in the final text that we want to look at today from Philippians chapter 2. There's a reason that it's important to consider others before ourselves in the application of biblical thinking. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, do nothing. And this would include thinking. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And so, church, biblical thinking that is governed by love is also grounded in humility so important. So this is how we apply this in our lives, friends. We lead by love in the way that we think. We care more about whom we are known by than what we think we know. We consider others before ourselves in all matters. Where are their hearts? Where are their minds? Where are they coming from? It's important if we love them to consider those things. And we ground our thinking in humility. Friends, when we think this way, when we love this way, we're applying biblical thinking across the landscape of our lives. Every thought, every attitude, every action, every motivation, every pattern. We're taking every thought captive because our desire is to love God and love others in everything we do, including the way we think. Thanks so much for joining us, friends. This has been a fun series, and we're glad that you've been with us, and we hope that you'll join us in our next Bible Lab series, the title of which is going to be, What Do We Mean By? And we're going to be looking at popular words and phrases that we use in the church and giving simple definitions to words that oftentimes we give very deep and complex meanings to. So we hope that you'll join us over the course of the next number of weeks as we continue in our Bible Lab series. Have a great day.